Uh, welcome to a, another episode of The Deep Dive, where we look, um, just take a deeper look at the passage, um, the topic from the weekend. Uh, we are continuing in the book of Galatians. We're getting close to the end. We're in chapter six. Well, I'm, yeah, one more week after this. Yeah, it's no. um, it's crazy. It's, it's a 13-week series, uh, so this will be week 12, and like in some ways it feels like it's been like a 60-week series, and in other weeks... <laughs> Ways it's, it's like like we just got started. We yeah, just did it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, my name is Brad. Joined uh, today by Pastor Terry, our lead pastor, and we are trying out some new microphones. And yeah. so, uh, so if we'll see how well they work. Yeah. If you're watching on on YouTube, you're gonna see me like pivot and <laughs> do stuff. I got some instruction from Jacob Shuttle on you know talk out the side how to use kind of the how mic. to use yeah. them. Uh, but anyway, hopefully they sound uh, good and you know make our our little project uh, yeah. uh, a little snappier. I don't know. I just, that's what happens whenever you're trying to come up with adjectives on the spot. Uh, anyway, Galatians chapter six, uh, verse one through 10. Uh, what I was going to do is just kind of read the whole passage. Yeah. It's 10 verses. And then we're going to kind of, kind of piece walk uh, through together, together walk through some together. We didn't get to. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's a few things we'll hit on from the passage, and there's a couple things we want to talk about at the end of this, just kind of looking forward to 2022 and some of the places we're yeah. going to go um, teaching-wise, too. So Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Mm -hmm. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. All right, so these 10 verses, we were just talking before we started this, how some of these passages seems like we, we don't have enough, like, enough time to right. talk about everything. Other passages seem a little bit more straightforward. It's much more straightforward, but every phrase is kind of jam-packed with meaning if you tell you unpack, like, how do we apply that and live that? But, yeah, uh, yeah much more application. is typical of Paul's letters, you know, the first part theology, the last part application, and yeah. so much so here. Yeah. What he's trying to tell, how do we live as a spirit-filled community? Yeah. And it's fascinating to me, anytime we read Paul, uh, or really anything in the Bible, um, the people who are struggling with things we also struggle with those same things. There's a lot of commonality, a lot of right. uh, connection, cross points. Um, just verse one, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So there's a lot even even here, but I think, you know, when we were talking the other day, um, teaching team, we like to catch other people in sin. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is more, you know, th these are people, you, you know, it's, like kind of fall who trapped it's it's not necessarily someone who is only just sneaking around and other people catch that it's mm -hmm. like oh when people are trapped by their sin or it becomes evident and they're there and it's evident in their life mm -hmm. you know it's not going around exposing it uh, but that people find their in sin how do we react mm -hmm. and i think often 
particularly as believers in North America, I think we kind of withdraw. It's like, oh, I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. But do we see a restoration? How do we help them kind of become all that Christ mm-hmm. has called them to be? And how do we be conduits of grace? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the Spirit-filled community. This is what Paul is talking about after talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This is how we mm-hmm. we, li- we look for those opportunities mm-hmm. to restore people. Mm-hmm. It's a great point. Uh, chapter 5, Fruit of the Spirit, was, was fairly individual in nature, um, even though a lot of the fruits... Uh, speak to to relationships, relationships yeah. or, or or behavior towards other people or with other people um in this section we definitely see a a move towards the relationships and towards community yeah. um so if anyone's caught in transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness so this phrase i'm i'm kind of captivated by you who are spiritual so what's paul meaning there because he's not like, is he saying, oh, some of you are spiritual and some of you yeah, aren't? Yeah, that's like, not. So other translations, you who are filled with the Spirit mm-hmm. or you who are living by the Spirit. I, I think Paul is just talking about any believer, right? If mm-hmm. you really are living with Christ, not trying to do your own works, but living in partnership, walking with the Spirit, then that that's part of what we do, that mm-hmm. the Spirit in us wants us to be part of the restoration process mm-hmm. in somebody else. Yeah, and I think um, uh, there's a note that I was reading earlier this week um, in the ESV study Bible that talks about this word spiritual and almost equates it with um, Christ-likeness or uh, maturity in Christ, like, hey, those of you who are more mature, yeah. those of you who are demonstrating maybe the things um, that we read about in the previous chapter with the fruit of the Spirit should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I, I find this phrase fascinating because as it starts, if anyone is caught in any transgression, we like to point fingers, right? We like right. to identify. And yet the mark of someone who is spiritual, at least according to Paul, is, hey, you'll you do that, but the motivation behind it is is very is, different. Is different. It's very and different. The the spirit, the manner in which you do it, right, is marked by gentleness. Right. Yeah, yeah and I think you know he says, uh, you know, keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we see that in people. You know, the people who call things out and are very aggressive in doing that. How many times have all of a sudden something happened with mm-hmm. them, or they've experienced mm-hmm. something similar? And I think, you know, there's that principle of pride. You know, be careful lest you stand that you fall. That if you are over proud of who you are, it's going to come and, mm. and haunt you later. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I'm I'm reminded of you know Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. You know the whole speck of dust in your yeah, eye, or yeah. the, you know the log, right? Like, what are we, um, you know what 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 are we fixed on, right? Are we fixed on the other person? Or are we fixed on ourselves? Um, verse two: Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So all of Galatians has been this: Hey, you you don't have like you don't have to keep the Old Testament law, right? Um, you're free from that as it relates to justification, but we're not free from God's moral law. Right. We're not right. free, obviously, from the law of Christ. We're called to fulfill it. Yeah. And, you know, Paul's already said, love your neighbor, love other. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's been a loving people has been a, a theme. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Paul is here. Yeah, we're, we're freed from the burden of other obligations but then we are called to love and serve. So, yeah, yeah it's not that we just do our own thing and life yeah. is about us, that the spirit-filled community in life is really 
looking at the needs of others. And Paul here, you know, he uses a couple of different words for burdens, mm. in, but this one is really a crushing, overwhelming mm. burden. And, you know, sometimes that's there because of the transgression, you know, when people fall into something, mm-hmm. there are burdens, like a lot of the, the burdens we carry are because of the mis- mistakes or choices that we make, as opposed to the broken world. The broken world creates burdens that we have to deal with mm-hmm. and experience. Um, and so Paul here, you know, be mindful of that and help people. This is what a community mm. does. This is why small groups are so important, you know, being part of a group, being part of a ministry that, you know, that's part of the ideal that people would be supportive of mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. And this idea of, of bearing someone else's burdens, um, it doesn't mean you have to fix their problems. Right. right? It doesn't mean that uh, you have to bear someone else's sin. You know, it's, it's, I think it's a general thing. I think Paul intentionally keeps this pretty, keeps it pretty general. Um, but yeah, as the body of Christ, right, we're called to be there for, for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, just this past week, I was reminded, I was talking with, um, with Dan Borth um, about a um, kind of a counseling situation. And, um, he reminded me of something that I think one of our professors um, shared in, in, at Covenant, which was uh, Francis Schaeffer had this this rule of like, hey, if you have an hour with someone, uh, listen for 55 minutes mm. and speak for five. And I, I wonder, like, that's probably one of the greatest things we can do in bearing someone else's burdens mm. is just sitting with them and listening. Um so anyway, I don't know. There's the pastoral application. Yeah, the whole there. ministry of presence and just being there and, and being, I, I think sometimes we don't understand that because we think I've got to tell them something. I've got to encourage them. I got it, Usually things we say mm-hmm. don't make things better. They mm-hmm. end up coming wrong. Mm-hmm. But just the ministry of presence of being there. Hey, I mm-hmm. care. I'm praying. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, helping small things. It's amazing, you know providing meals for people or just going mowing mm-hmm. a lawn like those very tangible things yeah. can really be uh, yeah be a help yeah and i think you know that's really good terry i think we oftentimes we want to speak or we want to fix um and that becomes almost more about us like yeah. <laughs> i want to feel less uncomfortable about this so right. let me just talk and speak and fix when even even when that's probably what they want too right they would love it to, you know, yeah. If you could yeah. just fix the situation, but um, yeah, I think bearing others' burdens oftentimes means just sitting next to and listening. And uh, you know, the day our son died, for example, the a previous pastor of the church was there with us, and the chair of our elder board, who was a good friend, was with us. And I bet they didn't say twenty words mm. in the whole afternoon. Mm. And but them being there and a tear in their eye and just an understanding, hey, we're here with you. Yeah. It still chokes me out. It's yeah. still uh, very powerful. And I remember clearly they were not giving me cliches. They were not saying all the things we tend to say. They're like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're just here. Yeah. Bance likes to, uh, he likes to say Job's friends were really good until they opened their mouths. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, I think oftentimes that I do also think, you know, back to, this makes me think of the story of Cain and Abel, you know, and um, like, you know, the ones like he says, am I my brother's keeper? You know, and, and the reality is, is, is we are, 
but we're not. We're not responsible right. for the burdens of others, and yet we are called to be with, to know, um, to sit with, to be aware of, um, and to be present. But it also allows—we need to allow people to bear our burdens. Yeah. And that, I think, particularly in our culture, is really hard. It's really yeah. hard to admit something. It's really hard to say, hey, you know what? It's crazy. Would you come and mow my lawn? It's really hard uh, to say, I just can't make it this way. I'm really struggling or whatever. And I, you know, I don't, you know, Paul in verse three, for if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think Paul is talking about a multitude of things there. You know, if you, if you think you're perfect and not within sin, you deceive yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why you have to do it gently because we're, we're one bad decision away from where anybody well, we else is. we see that in 1 John too, right? Like the one who is without sin, yeah. he deceives himself. He's lying to himself. Right. Yeah. But also, you know, if we think we're something when we're nothing, we deceive ourselves. If we don't think we have burdens that others can bear, mm. we deceive ourselves mm. too, right? That's, you know, there's something about a spirit-filled community that just invites people into, yeah. into life. That's really that. hard. My, my wife oftentimes will say, Brad, you don't, you don't let me help you. Yeah. <laughs> and it like, it kills me, you know, but it's true. It's very true. Like, why is yeah. that? Like, why is it so difficult to let other people I help I think us? it's part of our culture. I think the self-made person, which is so embedded in who we are, I think feel that there's a weakness mm-hmm. if we had a need, um, you know, but you look at history and kind of the whole idea of the band of brothers and people who serve and you know, using some of the military, you know, there's some deepness of relationship that comes in working together Mm -hmm. and supporting each other together. And I think that's what Paul here is talking about is, um, you know, I may have a hundred pound load that I'm carrying around, but if I take it and you take the other end, then we're each carrying 50 and Mm. it's a little bit more easier. And if there's something, and sometimes that's temporary, sometimes it's for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so growth growth step for all of us this week is to find something that you can ask for help. Yeah, in. yeah. That's, that's just say hey. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, so in verse six, uh, we get to a kind of a I don't know an interesting verse for those of us in teaching roles. Right. Um, it kind of actually really piggybacks on this section before, right? Because we have burdens, but let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. What's What's Paul saying? Is he saying like, "Hey, give us money"? Like, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> well, Paul I mean, actually gives I mean, I, I think there is uh, an aspect of that. I mean, I think we see Paul throughout the the, the New Testament say, you know, if someone is ministering to you, is helping you, is is a place of spiritual growth, that then there should be some generosity mm-hmm. that's there. So, I, I mean, I don't think you can completely get away sure. from that, and I you know, would, would say that's part of the church's principle that where, where you get your spiritual nourishment from mm-hmm. is a place to sow into and you're going to get more, but certainly there's more, you know, um, you know, share what you experience, share what that means with mm. you, share how you grow, that. share it with other people. You know, I think, uh, honestly, one of the most honoring things for me is when someone says, oh, you know what, what you said, I wouldn't share that with someone else, or I gave that to somebody, or that meant so much to someone else. Here's how it impacted me. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Because on on Sundays, uh, when you're preaching, um, or even just, you know, when we're doing this, right, this is a a form of teaching too, um, 
we we say the thing or we talk about the thing, but we don't we don't always get the feedback on the other right. side. Like, hey, right. how how what did this make you think? What did this make you feel? And not not that we need that, right? We don't live on just that encouragement. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, like it is really helpful. Um, I think it makes us better teachers. It does make us better teachers. Know what that is, and to to know the word of God is alive. It just it inspires us more. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think over the last few months, for example, we've heard story after story just from the neighboring series how people really yeah. went and started to love their neighbor and. That's so challenging and and humbling, you know, that people's yeah. like, okay, yeah, I've gone and and done that. And uh, there was a week um, we had communion service, and we had people write on a piece of paper and ex- take it down and exchange it for kind of the communion element. Mm-hmm. So this was something. Mm-hmm. Is there something else I'm trusting in besides Jesus? I'm going to lay that down and take communion as a sign of I'm trusting in Jesus. And to hear for me to hear stories of what people you know, shared how God worked through that, how they wrestled with that the following week or how God did a miracle in their life. Mm. That was so encouraging. It's like, okay, yeah, I realize I've been trusting in something else. Mm. I need to do that. So hearing those stories, yeah, it's very, very motivating and helpful for us. That's really good. In verse seven, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Can you unpack that that phrase? God is not mocked. What's Paul getting at here? Well, I think it's it's in the context, uh, you know, for whatever one sows, they will also reap. For mm-hmm. the one who sows to his own flesh. So, uh, you know, in Corinthians, in Malachi, it, there there seems to be the same sense of you know what we sow into life, what we give, we will get back. If we give mm-hmm. encouraging words, we will get encouraging words back. Um, you know, if we serve others, people will serve us. You, you know, there's a sowing and reaping just principle that God has woven into mm-hmm. the fabric of this world. Um, and so I think Paul is saying here, like, you can trust this. Um, it will happen. God won't be mocked. You know, hmm. God will do what he says he will do. You know, as Malachi talks about giving, you know, sowing, and he talks in particular about tithing. You know, you can test God in it. Like, God is trustworthy enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's reminding us here, you know, in a world where we're fearful about generosity and, you know, can hold on to things. Paul's saying, hey, the more you sow, mm-hmm the more you will mm-hmm. reap, mm-hmm. And, and God will make sure of that. And that's hard. This is something we were teaching a class last night where a similar kind of question yeah. came up, like, um, you know, where does works fit into uh, justification, right? Because both both seem to be present, right? right? Like, Jesus is the one who justifies. It's faith in Christ and what he has done on the cross. Like, that is what leads to salvation, but at the same time, we are also called to do good things. Right. There's a response out of that mm-hmm. because of that, what we've experienced yeah. Jesus do because of that. And I think that. that's really difficult, especially for us in our context, our culture, where, um, you know, you work hard and you're rewarded for it. Right. Um, right. And reward is, you know, you can count on that coming. Like if you put in the effort, oftentimes you will see a return on that. And yet when it comes to faith, there's this weird relationship between like, yes, God, uh, he does reward. There's a sense of reward. I mean, scriptures talk about that. And yet at the same time, don't do the thing just to receive the reward. And just because you do the thing doesn't guarantee that the reward will look like 
right. what it means. And so I don't know. I guess I struggle sometimes with the balance of that. Well, we don't live in a grace culture. Yeah. I mean, our culture is not one of grace. And when someone does a unique work of grace, it gets printed in the news mm-hmm. and we celebrate it. You know, I think, uh, for example, uh, years ago, uh, when those Amish parents forgave, intentionally forgave the murderer who went in and mm. shot kids at school. Like, yeah. that makes the news. Why should that? That should be what God calls us to. Yeah. But that moment of giving grace, forgiveness, I mean, people are astounded by it. You, you know, I'm, you know the whole undercover boss, you know, when the undercover boss goes in mm-hmm. and then at the end, you know, blesses somebody and gives them something they don't deserve mm. right it's it's on tv and mm-hmm. we applaud it why because we don't live with that when when we when we experience grace it's so profound to us yeah. because it's not natural it's yeah. not part with there is you know it's the old is the lion in the garden you know you've got to be smart enough you've got to have more you got to eat the fruit so that you can compete mm-hmm. and do whatever, instead of God's given you everything, mm-hmm. that's grace. Yeah. I think maybe that's one of the reasons that the show Ted Lasso has been so um, applauded. I mean, it's it's won awards, uh, had a lot of people watching it, and you have this main character who he is constantly overwhelming people with his niceness right. and his grace right. and just being a good person and doing the right thing and, you know, being upset about it, but also apologizing and um, yeah, I don't know. Such a good kind of, I think, image. The, the other image that comes to mind is I think of, uh, there's an episode of Friends where uh, Joey and, I think it's Joey and Phoebe, they're they're having a thing back and forth where, um, where Joey is like, hey, there's no such thing as a selfless good deed, right? And she's like, no, yes, there is. She wants to believe in, you know, the greater good of humanity right, and that there right. is. And she would do something good. And she's like, oh, that makes me feel so good. I did something <laughs> nice. And he's like, see? see? Well, and I think, you know, as we talked about a bit on the weekend, you know, the verse leading into chapter six, let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another, it kind of feeds into that, that mm-hmm. we struggle with that, that everything we do is for a, per, you know, either to make us feel better or to try to justify um, yeah. ourselves, and so it really is hard. We, yeah. you, you know, grace is when someone gives us a compliment. Yeah. We don't take compliments well in our culture. That's true. And if someone takes a compliment well in our culture, we don't like that. We don't like. We that. don't like that. So yeah. we, you know, learning to live in grace and experience God's grace and to be a community yeah. of grace. It's, it's a grand, great experiment that God's yeah. called us to, but takes some intentionality. Yeah, and I do think there is a a callback to shalom there. Right. Yeah. When when uh, we do things in the, the manner in which we were designed to do them, um, that should make us feel good. Right. Like because that's how God has wired us. Um, and so, yeah, culture gets in and yeah. wants to. And it's so uh, that's, that. you know, as we often talk, it's living a Christian life is so countercultural. Yeah. And but living that countercultural life is what's so appealing. Yeah. I think to many people. Yeah. When they see that. I, I, who doesn't really want to be a part of a community where they can experience grace, where someone's going to restore them if they make mm-hmm. a mistake, if someone's going to care for them and help them bear a mm-hmm. burden, where someone's going to make them do what they need to do, you know, call them into account if if need be, but they're going to be there. They're going to be generous with them when they give in, you know, faithful to the end. And there's good works around them. And yeah. people do, you know, kind of let us do 
good to everyone, especially the household of faith, when people see that good works yeah. around them. And let us not grow weary of doing good, right? I think that's the other thing. Like, we, um, we're always called to we're do the next called. right thing, right. right? And sometimes that's really hard because of life, life circumstances. Um, that sometimes that's really hard because we're like, hey, is this even matter? Does this even matter? Does it matter what I do? I think it's really hard because culturally speaking, right, we we have it pretty well, you know. And so, like, to do the next right thing or to keep doing good, to not grow weary in doing good, I think is something we have to remind her. There's a promise in that, right? Like, keep going. Right. 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 Keep going. Cool. Yeah. And we to be part of a community that does that, right? Encourage it. Hey, you're almost there. It's you can do it. You can finish uh is powerful because yeah. you know, we live in a community that's like, well, just give up or do it. it's yeah. not it's not worth it or yeah. you know, if it's not making you happy, so it's like, no, yeah. you can do you can finish that. Yeah. And I think, it. you know, too we see I mean, we've seen this all through Galatians, but um a life that is pleasing to God is always something. It's always a move away from self right and that's that community aspect there cool yeah cool well good stuff um we got a couple minutes want to just kind of share a little bit last week we were kind of away for last a few week days. we took uh, a few weeks a few days away just to we'd, we'd already done some pre-planning and mm-hmm. you know we talked with staff and elders and other people about a teaching plan for next year what should we do and so we got away, kind of put together some ideas, and then began to flesh those ideas out. So, I mean, I think we came back kind of excited about yeah. what uh, what we're going to do. It's challenging. Like, I think, you know, for someone, you know, who's been preaching for 35 plus years, you know, like wanting to be challenged mm-hmm. and excited and learning uh, some new things or how to, how to do that. So, um, I think the lenses through which we're looking at some of the passage, a good balance of, of Old Testament, mm-hmm. um, looking at the life of Daniel, um, looking uh, at his life. How does he survive and going to Babylon, a very different culture? Mm-hmm. How do we live it, when we look around and go, man, this isn't the culture that mm-hmm. I expected. Uh, some of the prophecy, mm-hmm. <laughs> the apocalyptic visions that he has at the end, we're going to dabble with that. It's been a, a long time since we've talked about anything like that. Um, looking at the life of um, Jacob, mm-hmm. the patriarch, and one messed up one family. One messed up family. Really messed up family, and yet God used in such a powerful way. I think so much yeah. hope. Um, and, a, and a lot of what can we learn about just relationship and, and family. Uh, then a couple of New Testament books, uh, deep dive into Jude a little bit, and into 1 Corinthians, First kind of a, a summary, and uh, Ecclesiastes, and then a few extra special things. How yeah. do we survive our culture? Yeah. What's that saying to us? Yeah. Sprinkled in. Good stuff. Excited to yeah dive into that. We even got some series for 2023. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we, we, didn't, we had too much yeah. for next year. So uh, yeah. yeah, at least we got some good ideas for yeah. the following year. We're well, really excited. Um, really excited for the, the months ahead as we kind we'll step into that um well thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the deep dive um, you can find this resource and more on our website calvary.church galatians and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again next week god bless thanks for listening to the deep dive a calvary church media productions podcast be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts